the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome to the Deborah Flora Show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I so appreciate it. Well, you know, sometimes we have to just take a break from the headlines because last week was all about impeachment inquiries and indictments and all of that. And that, unfortunately, is going to be continuing for a while. We know that the election cycle is heating up. I hope that you heard the program yesterday as far as the importance of school board elections. Had Heather Booth on the show. She's the vice president of the Elizabeth School Board. Just sharing some stories of why it is so important important that we uh, show up in November. But there's also larger things that are happening in our society that we have to continually bring to the forefront. As you know, here on 710 KNUS, we went down to the border uh, earlier this year so that we could see what was actually going on and what that is the havoc it is causing right here in our own communities, in our streets, you know, everything from us being number one in crime on several statistics, as well as the devastation of fentanyl in our streets. That is directly correlated to the sanctuary status that we have here in Colorado, the law that was signed into place by Governor Poles that keeps local law enforcement from being able to coordinate with national law enforcement. Now, I'm going to share some statistics with you because the end of August, there was National Fentanyl Awareness Day. Now we have in September annual campaign for drug-induced homicide. And I think that is a very good term for this because fentanyl is not an overdose death. It is a poisoning death. Let me just share a couple of statistics with you. Six out of 10 pills that are out on the street that have fentanyl laced in them, six out of 10 contain a deadly dose. The amount of fentanyl that is uh, that can kill a person can fit on the tip of a pencil. It's 50 to 100 times more potent than morphine. It is the number one cause of death for 18 to 45 year olds. Let's just pause there a moment. The number one cause of death 
for 18-year-olds to 45-year-olds. And I read this tragic statistic. Children under 14 are dying of fentanyl poisoning at a higher rate than any other demographic. And teen death is up 94%. Last statistics I'm going to share because these are just numbers. Someone dies of fentanyl poisoning approximately every five minutes or so. Okay, those are numbers. They're staggering numbers. They are devastating numbers. But we have to put faces and stories behind them or we will never be moved to make a difference. And we have to. Because as our border is open, as this is flowing up with Colorado being the drug distribution capital of the United States of America, up I-25 and out I-70, our children, our communities are getting devastated along the way. That's why I'm so grateful for those who take tragedy and turn it into a purpose. Those who don't just stop in their own grief, but make it a calling to make sure this kind of devastation does not continue. And that is my guest today, Mickey Sadevi. And she lost her daughter, daughter, Hannah, to fentanyl poisoning in late 2021. Mickey, thank you so much for being with me today. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, we got to meet recently at a wonderful event. And then you shared your story. I know you've been on with Stefan. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I know that he really highlighted the fentanyl awareness day. Let's start with your story because it is one that um, we need to hear, want to hear about Hannah. Tell Mm -hmm. us what happened in your family that led up to uh, Hannah's death at the end of 2021. Well, you know, um, a lot, you know, I would put a big part of it, you know, where everything exasperated with Hannah was with the school closures. Yes. Hannah was, I mean, she was an amazing child helped out other kids her teachers loved her even though she talked a little too much um but i was guilty of that all the time I, so <laughs> i think i was too i know i know it was um but she would never let a kid sit alone mm-hmm. she'd always bring them to whoever she was hanging out with whatever group at the time i mean you know she'd just bounce around and yes. you know she knew so many kids and um she had very high anxiety due to other reasons. And um, when the school shut down, she lost, you know, the the friends, mm-hmm. you know, I'm all of a sudden everybody's isolated. She can't go see her friends. And if you, if, if you've seen what it's done to our children, yes. I mean, it's, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, she started getting into trouble um and in april you know she got into big trouble and but you know she turned her life around you know it scared her enough that Mm -hmm. you know it scared her straight yes and she was excited you know get back into school you know get everything going again and then six days before she turned 16 she was in a serious car accident Mm. Um, left her wheelchair bound for about six weeks. Wow. And again, then, you know, now she's even more isolated because, you know, she couldn't go anywhere even more. And, mm-hmm. you know, the friend's not really stopping by much. Um, and, you know, um, December, December 6th, you know, her and I, you know, I was tired and, you know, she went over to her friend's house mm-hmm. and it was like 8.30 at night, 8, 8.30. And she's like, well, mom, what's my curfew? And I said, well, 10. And she's like, 
okay. And I was, you know, I figured, you know, if she broke curfew, what's, there's nothing worse I could be, right? right. I mean, she's, she had already been through everything and straightened things out. Um, she came home the next morning at <laughs> six and, of course, apologized for staying at her friend's. And she was just so happy to be home, you know, getting you know, getting ready to go to school. And it was it was the last time that she said, you know, good morning, beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love you so very much. And so um, I went down to my car about eight about eight thirty, and this no, I'm sorry. So, anyways, I go down to my car. I was waiting for her. You know, her being late to school was very normal. <laughs> My child. Uh-huh. And it was about, um, actually, so it was about 9.30 when I went and checked on her. And um, I had, a, you know, this huge panic. And I ran upstairs and I flung open her door. Well, she was laying on the bed and, you know, just all of a sudden jumped up straight. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Mom. You know, I just got to grab a couple of things. I'll be ready to go, you know. Mm-hmm. So about 40 minutes went by, and I said, okay, you know, she must need a mental health day. So I called the school, and I talked to the admin. I said, hey, guess where I'm at? (laughs) I'm in my car. (laughs) You know, very normal for us. So I went in to the office, and um, she was supposed to have um, a probation meeting that day. And I got, I was leaving, I left work at about 1 Mm-hmm. I think, you know, time, time is just so, yeah. you know, um, spacey, but I was driving home and I was just like, wait a minute, she hasn't touched base. Mm. This is, this is really late for her. Very unlike her. And so I'm like, oh my God, you know, so, um, I, you know, I get home and I flung open the door, yelling her name, run upstairs try to open the door to her bedroom, but her, she had a boot on still from the accident and, um, yeah, I get into her bedroom and she's face down, you know, she's kneeling face down on the bed Hmm. and I turned her over and I could see the purple line going across her nose. And she only had a warm spot on her, in the middle of her back, and so I knew she was gone. Hmm. I'm so sorry, and thank you for sharing this, Mickey. If you're tuning in, my guest is Mickey Sadevi, Sadevi and she's sharing about the day, December 7, 2021, where she lost her beautiful daughter, Hannah, to fentanyl poisoning. Yep. So what happened then, Mickey? You you knew she was pretty much gone. Yeah, and um, you know it. You know, come to find out, you know she had gotten what she thought was a Xanax from a friend. Again, right. her anxiety was so bad, and you know I was taking her, you know, to her pediatrician, mm-hmm. and we're you know trying to work on things, and um, and the Xanax was laced with fentanyl, um, and you, you know. I, I don't blame her friend at Mm -hmm. all. I know that her friend would have never given it to her if she had known. Um, And, you know, the thing is, is that we had talked, you know, about fentanyl. And, you know, she told me, she goes, Mom, she goes, I'll never do it. I've seen what it's done to other people. Mm -hmm. And 
when I got, you know, the toxicology, you know, it, it was, you know, Xanax and fentanyl. Yeah. And that's what's so insidious about this. I mean, the thing is, uh, this is mom drive time. So I know some moms may have their kids in the car right now. And the first thing I'd say is do what I've done numerous times with my own kids. Today, they cannot take anything from anyone. This is what is so devious right. about those who are bringing fentanyl across our border into our country yep. because your daughter didn't overdose. She thought she was taking a Xanax. Right. And that is the difference. And mm-hmm. as I said at the very beginning, six out of 10 pills out there that have, have fentanyl lacing in them, six out of 10 are deadly. Right. And that's what we need to know. Um, let's talk a little bit about that aspect of it because, um, Mickey, you're so generous to share this story. I, I can't imagine what you have gone through, what you're continuing to go through. Um, we have a picture here in this, in this, in the studio. And we're going to get a picture with it later. Your daughter's beautiful, 16 years old, was not doing drugs, did not mean for this to happen. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Rebecca Kiesling, who was on my show, who testified in front of Congress. Her two sons who died thought they were taking a Percocet. Mm-hmm. Your daughter thought she was taking a Xanax for, for anxiety. They thought they were taking a Percocet for the same purposes. So this is, this is terrible. Let's talk about this annual campaign for drug-induced homicide. This is homicide. It, it is. And, you know, back in 2021, you know, I can tell you, you know, Andrea Thomas and others have been fighting mm-hmm. to make sure that people know this is not an overdose. Yes. Because when you hear, I mean, look how many times you've heard, you know, oh, fentanyl overdose, you know, oh, it's an opioid um, epidemic. No, it's fentanyl. Yes. And the majority of people dying did not know they were taking fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And and it's finally starting to come around. Yes. But it's still not being talked about as much as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're coloring it. They're yes. flavoring it. They're trying to make addicts out of kids. Yes, they are. And... You know, I I can't talk enough. I know, you know, I'm sure people get sick of hearing me. No. But at the same time, I would rather have you hear about my child and what happened to my child and learn and educate and share with others Mm -hmm. than you finding your own child passed or having the police show up telling you your child's passed. Yes. It's, it's. It's it's the worst thing ever. It is. It is. And we have a beautiful picture here that we're looking at. I'm going to post it on the Facebook page later. And it is of your beautiful daughter, Hannah. And it's above it, it says, My Empty Chair. Can you tell us what that movement is, the Empty Chair Movement? So it's the seventh annual national comp- campaign for drug-induced homicide. And, you know, it's, it's really important because... Mm-hmm. Our children didn't choose to die. Our children, you know, weren't addicts. And, yeah. Yeah. And and from what I understand, the tradition is that those who've lost someone to fentanyl poisoning put on an empty chair and put a photo mm-hmm. of that person in the chair. Yes. Which is amazing. And I want to talk about the occupant of the chair that you have out, and that's Hannah, because we have to remember those that we've lost that were inspired. Can you just tell us a little bit more about your beautiful daughter? 
you know, um, gosh, she was just it, just amazing. Um, again, you know, just very kind, empathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was vocal too. I mean, you know, she stood her ground, <laughs> but. She wouldn't, you know, like I said, you know, especially not letting another child sit alone. Oh, that's that's that was the biggest attribute. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I can also share now that um, my son, you know, he has very high ADHD. We went and saw my mom and, and my oldest daughter and my two grandkids, nine and four, and, and when we got over there, he disappeared with the kids. Mm. And when we were leaving, I told him, I said, you know, you didn't have to do that. He goes, oh, I didn't mind. He goes, plus, Hannah really loved them. Oh. And that that hit hard. Mm-hmm. Um, even at school today, you know, he said the same thing, he, just, you know, remembering Hannah and what Hannah would do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm... I'm blessed to have her for 16 years yeah yeah well she's inspiring her younger brother yes i hope that um through your sharing her story Mm -hmm. and sharing what this what is really going on in our country right you are working to inspire others to make Mm -hmm. sure this stops let's talk a little bit about some of the causes you and i were talking during the break about the fact that we basically have an open border Yes. China is supplying the precursors. They yes. are partners with the drug cartel. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how actually um, the Chinese learned from the opioid wars uh, against Britain in the 1800s. Great Britain destabilized their country by sending opium in there, and it made them easier to conquer. There is a unholy alliance between China and the narco-terrorist organization south of our border. Yes. And I, when we were down there earlier this year, we were hearing from Border Patrol that would say, you know, that the drug cartels will not even sell fentanyl in their own communities in Mexico because they know what it really is. And instead, they'll protect their own people but send it north of the border. Let's talk about what needs to be done. Mickey, what do you think needs to happen to stop this devastation? Well, of course, first of all, shut down our borders. Mm -hmm. And we need to go after the cartels. If you look at this, it is an act of war against the United States perpetrated by both China and Mexico. Mm -hmm. The fact that we haven't done anything yet is crazy. Yes. Um, I don't even believe it was a high um, on the high U.S. security um, report that came out. Mm -hmm. Why? Right. Why, 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 why not? It's, if we're killing our, I mean, if they're coming in and killing our people, yes, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell me that they, you know, that, oh, they didn't know what they were doing. Oh, you know, oh, fentanyl's not coming from Mexico. I think our f- infamous Brittany Pedersen even said that. <laughs> My wow. district even. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we really do need to hold our elected officials accountable for not doing anything about it. I mean, it's interesting because blue states are starting to wake up because they're starting to get so many of the illegal immigrants then are being Mm -hmm. bused to the areas. But the devastation that's being caused by the fentanyl overdose is truly Mm -hmm. an act of war when you think it's the number one cause of death for 18 to 45-year-olds. And it's poisoning. It is poisoning. (laughs) It is absolutely poisoning. It is. Uh, One of the things that uh, Rebecca Kiesling, we've talked about, she's the mom that testified in front of Congress 
this. I wish Brittany Pedersen and others had been sitting there mm-hmm. when she shared this. And hers is really the rallying cry when she talked about this. You know, if there was a if there was a force, if China was with their troops at our border killing, you know, being the number one cause of death for 18 to 45 year olds, we right. would look at it differently. And she said, this is a war. Act like it. Do something. And that's what we need to look at and we need to do. So number one, we've got to, we've got to secure our borders, right. make sure it's not coming over. You were talking about the drug cartels. We've got three that operate at least with impunity right here in Colorado. T- tell me your thoughts about that. When I first found out, um, you know, I would, I was speaking with DA John Kellner, um, mm-hmm. got to know him really quickly, accidentally ended up listening to one of his podcasts and mm-hmm. that's how I got connected. And I was surprised. I can tell you that I've been very naive to the world. And I think many people are. They're just like, la, la, la. You know, if I don't hear anything, I don't know. And when I found out about the cartels in Colorado, I just went, what? We actually have cartels here? Mm -hmm. And people need to wake up and see this. You know, we need to get, you know, these news stations that don't want to talk about it. Why? You know, where right. where are you all? Right. Um, I'll call out people, you know. Uh, Polis is probably one of my favorites. <laughs> I make sure he's included. Yeah. You know, if I mean, if it affected one of his kids, he'd be on top of it. Mm-hmm. But they, everybody has to remember it does fentanyl does not discriminate on income, race, religion. It kills it does everybody across. You know, I lost my neighbor in the same set of townhomes. Mm. Two and a half months after Hannah passed, she lost her twenty two year old daughter, same way. Wow. Xanax laced with fentanyl. There were no charges brought against that person. Yeah. You talked about that because, you know, we've got the technology. We went to the moon, for goodness sake, in the 60s. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and now we are acting as though we cannot stop this scourge. If you were to say one thing to Jared Polis, you know, that's, that's okay to say on the radio. <laughs> what would you say to him right now about securing Colorado and keeping it from being this drug distribution center with three, at least three drug cartels operating with impunity? Well, you know, first of all, stop the fact that we are a sanctuary state. Mm-hmm. That is ridiculous. You know, um, I believe he said he wasn't going to make us one when he first came in. And then, of course, you know, turn that around. Right. 2019, he decriminalized all of these drugs, including fentanyl. And then, you know, admits that he makes a mistake and then signs laws that are very lax. Lax laws equals a criminal's paradise. Mm -hmm. They've tied our DA's hands by doing this, and then you have judges, you know, releasing these people out on low bonds. Yes. What's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, toughen the laws. We need to criminalize not only fentanyl, but, uh, you know, cocaine and all of the other hard drugs again. Right. We need to have tougher punishments. You know, we should not leave it up to the United States Attorney General for Colorado to come in and prosecute at a federal level because our laws are so lax. Mm-hmm. I had, I did have an ICE agent come up to me one time, and um, this was during the elections, and he goes, you know, he goes, 
whenever I get these guys, he goes, I think about you and your daughter. Mm. And he goes, it gives me great pleasure to throw, you know, try to throw the book at him. But we have to, you know, we have to take care of Colorado. Polis is not. He's letting our children die. Well, and one of the things that to point out is they'll still say we're not a sanctuary state because we haven't somehow officially, I don't know, you put up a sign that says welcome to a sanctuary state and then it's official. It is official. In 2019, he signed into legislation a law that prohibits state and local law enforcement from coordinating efforts with federal law enforcement. When we were down at the border, we talked to people both in New Mexico and in Texas, and I basically posed this question, if that were the law, in your state, what would you do? And they all said we would ignore it because mm-hmm. the fact that ICE and DEA uh, is not are not allowed to coordinate with right. local law enforcement, that's why they're operating with impunity around here. And then it draws those criminal elements up. And up it does. And, you know, I think even during the, um, you know, the debate, you know, I mean, Polis basically laughed, you know, because yes, we we may not be against the New Mexico. I mean, sorry, the Mexico border. We are right above it. Yeah, and we're you know, and it's not addicts. No, it's not. This this is this is as though somebody walked up to someone on the street and handed them something and said, "Hey, try this." They mm-hmm. knowingly. That it is laced with something that right. could potentially kill them. And we it's time to connect the dots. That's why my guest is Mickey Sadivi, and we are talking about her daughter, Hannah, who died with fentanyl poisoning in late 2021. This month is annual campaign for drug-induced homicide. This is a homicide that we are talking about. And it's time that we help our neighbors connect all of the dots. Why mm-hmm. are we number one in car thefts? Well, because they take them south of the border. That's when we heard when we were down there. Why why are we number one in violent crime amongst the 22 most populous states? Because we are allowing these elements to make us a border state. And why? Why is fentanyl the number one cause of death for 18 to 45-year-olds? If anything else was doing this, we would all be outraged and stand in the streets. And it's time we hold our elected officials accountable. Yeah, and I want to give you the last word, Mickey. Um what would you like to share with anyone who's listening? You know, um, I'm I'm very open on Twitter, um, LinkedIn. My profile is open because you know I do want to share this. You know, I go on next door. I'm on Facebook. I share as with as many people as I can. Um, you know, I post it on Twitter. You know, how does this picture make you feel? Mm-hmm. Because when I put it out on my front front porch. I was like, you know, I was uncomfortable doing it. Your chair, the chair, the chair. Yeah. And then I said, you know what? I'd rather have my neighbors feel very uncomfortable walking by it. Yeah. Than to go through it themselves. Mm -hmm. And if anyone doesn't know what Mickey is referring to, the way that those who lost someone to fentanyl poisoning remember, especially during this period, September going into October, is an empty chair, oftentimes Mm -hmm. with a photo of the person that was murdered by fentanyl. And uh, honestly, I, I so agree. I think it's time that we all either become uncomfortable or we let our hearts break. And Mm -hmm. I've heard from a few listeners that your story moved them literally to tears. 
And we need to allow ourselves to feel that because unless we do, unless we humanize these statistics, we'll never get moved enough to take a stand. Um, Mm -hmm. Mickey, you mentioned your social media. If you'd like people to follow you so that they can find out more and you can inform them, where where would they find you? Yeah, I think, you know, my Facebook account is pretty locked down, but my Twitter account is open. And I think my Twitter account is Mickey Sadivi 23. I'm not quite sure. I'm pretty easy to find. 23, yes. And I'll I'll link to you on my social media as well. And people can just go to my Twitter page at Deborah Flora Mm -hmm. One. You and I have already been, uh, you know, talking back and forth on Twitter. So you'll see it there. And we'll also post the show later today. Mickey, thank you so much. And I know I I believe many other listeners will join me in saying that we're going to continue to pray for you and for the other families Mm -hmm. who have gone through the unspeakable and are being so generous to make sure that no other parent hopefully has to deal with this. I know every time I've heard this, I've immediately called my own children and said, don't pick anything up Mm -hmm. off the ground. Don't touch, uh, you know, they used to be putting it on, uh, you know, napkins on people's car doors. This is how evil this is. It is is real. real. It's not a myth. And I apologize. I don't mean to interrupt. No, no. And, you know, also... I am here if anybody, you know, needs to reach out. I am mm-hmm. here for families. If if you can't have the hard talk, I'll have the talk, yes. you know. Um, if you need more information, I can direct you in the right way. I'm, you know, working, you know, to partner up with, you know, a recovery person Great. for resources. I mean, this is so important. If, it is. If I can save a life and thanks to you bringing me on, you know, to help. And I will tell you, I meet people all the time. And my one person is talking to another person. Mm -hmm. The word gets around, but we have to make sure that people wake up. We do. And that is how it changes. And I will share some statistics, some information um, on my Facebook page at Deb Flora Show, the Deborah Flora Show on Twitter at Deborah Flora One. And it's time. We have to talk to our kids. We have to talk to our neighbors. We have to share the facts. And we need to make sure that this stops. And honestly, I'm just going to echo it one more time. Rebecca Kiesling, who lost two sons who thought they were taking a Percocet, she held Congress's feet to the fire when she said, this is a war, act like it, do something. We need to demand that of our elected officials. We need to demand that of the next commander-in-chief of the United States of America, who we elect in just over a year. This is what we have to do. And in the interim, make sure others are aware. Thank you so much, Mickey, and God bless you. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. You got it. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.